possibly work to slow that train down. That train might also come to a curve, and when they when it comes to that curve, that curve might slow it down, but the other thing that happens is that train gets derailed. That will stop that train. If the train, if, if cars become unhooked from that, the main car, the, the car that has all the power, if that becomes detached from the other cars, that car would be fine, but all those other cars would be detached and they could all become derailed. The other thing that could stop and slow down a runaway train is where the train is headed. If that train hits a hill, that gravity will cause that train to slow down. But in these cases, there's always something that can stop that train from moving forward. There's always a chance, and even if it's by accident, if it's by derailment, that train can be stopped. But can I tell you, there's a song that says this train is bound for glory. There is nothing in this world that can stop the train of Jesus Christ. There's nothing in this world that can stop the plan and purpose of Jesus Christ and what he purposes to do in this earth. There is not a thing that can stop him. So how do I know? Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Beginning at verse number 6. It says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Anybody in here have the Holy Ghost? Anybody in here have power tonight? Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So why did they receive power? Verse 8 says that you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you know why you're, you're going to receive power? You're going to receive power so that you can go and find yourself a good for your college and get you a good education. You're going to go find you. You're going to have power so that you can find you a good paying job and live the American dream and have all the money you want. Five, six, seven figure dollar paychecks. So you can drive the right car to church. And come in looking good. Do like Pookie says, boom shakalaka. <laughs> and everybody knows who's coming to church. They've got the car. They've got the clothes. They've got the family. They've got the house. They've got the lifestyle. But why did I receive power if it wasn't for that reason, Brother Bond? I received power to be a witness. I received power to be a witness. Go back to verse, are we in the verse 8? Yes. After that, the Holy Ghost is coming. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Well, what do I need to have power for to be a witness? Isn't it? Can I just go, hey, I got one of the, here we go, perfect. Come to my church and come let God touch you. Come to my church. And give them an invitation. Is that the witness? Is that what God called us to do? Because if you read back in that time, I, don't, I didn't see a printer. I didn't see Office Depot. I didn't see anything with an HP on it. I didn't see any ink. I didn't see Vistaprint, 20% off your order. 
go searching for coupons. I didn't see any of that. But you know what they said? He said, you are our epistles. Known and read of. Oh, man. In other words, you're the flyer. You're the flyer. When you walk on somebody's street, guess what? You're the flyer. You're the invitation. It's your life. It's your lifestyle. It's your words. It's your testimony. It's what God has done for you. That's what you've got power for. But it's not just to talk about it. But it's to demonstrate who God is and what God can do. And I believe we have yet to see the full demonstration and power of Jesus Christ in the earth. Hey, yeah, we've had some people come to church and people get baptized and receive the Holy Ghost and have some people get healed. But, you know, we're not even scratching the surface of the power of God and what God is willing and able to do. How do I know that? Acts chapter 3. Y'all in our leadership meeting, I just I almost got lost in the leadership meeting. Y'all almost, almost jumped in on this. Acts chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together unto the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. This man saw them going up there to pray, and I don't know if he knew what business they had there, but he asked for something. I need something. I'm begging. I've got nothing. I've been in this condition from birth, and I need something. And Peter and John, in the next verse, Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John, they said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Now notice what they didn't say. Look, why don't you just come inside the church with us and we'll see if the Lord can get you a miracle in the church. Come on, I've, I've got a seat right there on the front row for you. Just, just, just come on in and once you come in, we're going to sing three songs. And after that, we'll have some burden bearing. And at that point in time, that's when the Lord troubles the water in our church and you can get what you need. Or they could have said, hey, um, we're busy about the Lord's work, but when we get done, we're going to come pay you a visit. You just stay right here. Don't, don't go anywhere. You just stay right there. After I give him the offering, I might have something to give to you. Then Peter said in verse number six, Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I got curious looking at that. That man asked for alms. Basically, he wasn't asking for a whole lot, just asking just for a little something from them. Just a little something to help them. And Peter, he went to the high end of that scale. He said, look at us. He said, silver and gold, I don't have. I don't have the fine riches of this world. I don't have all the possessions that this world could offer. I don't even know if Peter knew where his next meal was coming from. But he said, silver and gold, have I none. But what I do have. Can I tell you it's greater than silver and gold? Peter kind of took him up to the top of what this world offered. Peter said, I don't have the house. I don't have the cars. I don't have the job. I don't have.
have all the money this world could offer, but here's what I have to offer you. Such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. He didn't say such as I have, I give you here. Come to church with me. He said, no, I'm going to show you what my God is all about. You see, I've been walking with him for three and a half years. Uh, and this is what I've seen him do since he walked this earth. Uh, and so I'm going to step in and show you a demonstration of what my God can do. You know, I think too many times we get caught up in trying to meet the needs of this world. People come to us with problems and issues and all that and we try to figure it out for them and tell them all that God wants to do for them and all that. You know what? We don't always know what to say. Sometimes the best thing you can do with somebody is pray with them. Sometimes the very best thing you can do is pray. Somebody come ask you for money. Be careful who you give money to to ask for money. Because the Lord might have snatched it all away and if you're putting it into their pocket, guess what? That pocket might have this big old gaping hole in it that's going to fall right through. Peter said, we don't have silver and gold, but we've got something to give you. We've got a demonstration of power of Jesus Christ, of what he can do for you. You see, they didn't meet the need that the man asked for. But Jesus Christ touched him in a way that was greater than that need. You see, Peter and John Easley, Brother Williams, they, they, hey, they might have had some money they could have given them. But what would happen if Peter said, well, I don't have any change. And John said, well, I, I think I've got a little something here. You see, I got, what I got here? I got a quarter. If you go to Safeway, they might have those 25-cent sodas that you can go get you one if you get somebody to carry you over there after. But what if, what if they tried to meet that physical need? What if, they, what if they discounted all that Jesus put in them and tried to meet that physical need? That man would never have gotten up and walked. That man would never have been delivered. And if we try to meet the needs of this natural world, we can't do it. And God can't do the work that he wants to do. But if I say, hey, I've got something that you need and you don't even know what it is. Come here, take my hand and give me my quarterback. Take my hand and rise up. And walk. Go to the next verse. Yes, sir. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Yes, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. But you know where we get caught up sometimes? Here we go. We have a seat. I might pull you back up again. We, 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 we jump through the mental hoops and gymnastics. What if I speak a word to them and nothing happens? What if I'm responding in faith? I know they've got cancer. Cancer's eating up their body. But if I speak the word of faith, what if the cancer doesn't go away? They can't walk, but what if I speak the word of faith and nothing happens? Then I'm going to look like I'm a fool. I'm going to look like I'm an unbeliever. I'm going to look like I don't have the power of God at work in my life. So we jump through all that, and so what we do, we talk ourselves out of being used by God. We talk our, ourselves out of God demonstrating his power. We talk somebody out of a miracle. We talk somebody out of a blessing before we even allow God to do a thing. But Peter, you notice what he did? Peter didn't say, all right, get up and walk. Step back here, walk. Peter said, come here. He reached down pulled him up. He said, you're going to walk today. And it said, after that act of faith, 
He said, and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. You want to see the power of God demonstrated through your life? You're going to have to act in faith first. You're going to have to take the first step. You're going to have to reach down in faith first. Well, what if it doesn't happen? That's his business. I'm about my father's business. And, and if he's put the power on the inside of me, guess what? It's up to me to demonstrate the power that's working on the inside. Guess what? There are enough people in this world that can, can invite you into a church that had that, that's having a special prayer meeting for people to get healed. And there are not enough people walking these streets right now saying, you can be delivered of what you're going through right now. Right now, God can touch you. Forget about going to church right where you are. God can do something in your life. That's what this world is looking for. The world is looking for a demonstration of power right where they are. They don't want to join a church. They're looking to find out where God is real, where God is working, where God is moving. But if I can get out of the way, and let him be about the business that he wants to be about. And after he did this, and it said, and he leaping up stood, walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful tate, at the beautiful gate of the temple. And I got curious. It said that this man sat at the gate of the temple asking alms. And later on, it tells us how old he is. But from his birth, I don't know, I don't know how long he was, he sat there, but from his birth, he was crippled, couldn't walk. And I wonder, did Jesus ever pass by him? Because I believe it's John that talks about that Jesus was in the same temple. And I wondered if that man was ever laid at that gate when Jesus was there. And if Jesus was there, why didn't he ever touch him? And then I wondered. If Jesus left him there so Peter and John could show up one day, not for Peter and John's sake, but for the time to come right after they touched him. Who knows who you might come across and for what reason you might come across that person. Well, uh, they're just a little inconvenience for me. I'm supposed to be going to a prayer meeting. I might have time to stop and pray for them or minister to them. Guess what? If you're about your father's business, you got all the time in the world. They all saw him walking and praising God. They knew it was him that sat there for alms. And as the lame man, verse 11, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, you men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man walk? And he goes on to tell them where this came from. You see, these people, I believe these are some of the same people that saw the miracles of Jesus. And so why are you so astonished? When people come in and get the Holy Ghost and get delivered and set free, that should be no amazement. When we hear testimonies of cancers being healed and drug addicts and drunkards being set free and people getting up out of wheelchairs, that should be no astonishment. The Bible says that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. The Bible says that he is my healer. The Bible says that he is my savior. The Bible says he can make me whole. We sang about the blood tonight. Why am I so surprised? 
He said that I'm so surprised because that blood, that power is not at work in and through my life. So Peter continued to preach and to talk to them about what God had done here for this man. So going ahead to Acts chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple. As they spake unto the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. The number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, you see, you got to stay filled. You've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You can't let any of it slip away, but you've got to let, you got to stay filled. You've got to grab a hold of it. You've got to walk in it. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done, in the, done to the impotent man, by what means he, be made, he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in, in, in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, I don't want to be known as a scholar or somebody skilled. Look at me and see me as unlearned and ignorant. But make one observation. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That they had been with Jesus. You see, part of the power, part of the demonstration is, is that when they look at you, they see Jesus. When they look at me, they should see the demonstration of Jesus Christ. You know that WWJD thing? When you come across somebody that's sick or wounded or injured or whatever, what would Jesus do? This isn't about would Jesus do right or wrong? Would Jesus treat somebody fairly or mistreat them? What would Jesus do in this situation where somebody needs deliverance? Would he just invite them to another church service in five days from now? Or would he say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, be healed, be set free, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? took knowledge of him that they had been with Jesus beholding the man which was healed standing with them they could say nothing against it it's kind of tough to talk about something that's happened 
Somebody that's been healed and, and the doctors can't refute it. Science can't refute it. Man can't refute it. That day and time is coming. Why can't that day and time be right now? Why can't that moment be right now? Why can't that moment be, hey, you know those people on, 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 on uh, 25th Street? Man, one of them came and touched me. And I don't know what it was about them. You know what? We weren't even in a church service. We weren't even in a church building. They just came by and touched me. It wasn't an all-night prayer meeting, but as soon as they touched me, something happened, and I could just feel it all over me. They could say nothing against it, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men for that indeed a notable miracle hath been done? By them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in his name. They called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Anybody in here been threatened like that? Oh, okay. I guess we need to ramp it up a little bit. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. But we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Guess what? I can't help it. You can threaten me and tell me not to teach. You can threaten me tell me not to speak. And I don't care what you bring against me. I can't help it because I walk with the man and I've got his power on the inside. And the more that you tell me not to, I'm going to go find somebody and say, do you know the man? Do you know what he can do for you? He can cleanse you. He can pick you up. I can't help it, but there's a fire that's down on the inside because I know where I've come from. I know where I could have been, and I know what I've been set free from. So I'm sorry, but I can't keep it to myself. But I've got to open my mouth and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Y'all know what the purpose of these... Yeah, you, you, you know what the purpose of these is? Huh? Supplement. Conversation started. You know what the purpose of these is? Just to get us moving. Just to get you moving. Just to start a conversation with somebody. Oh, but I'm excited. The day's going to come. The day's going to come. There's not going to be a flyer put up here. First lady, there's not going to be a fire flyer that's printed. We're not going to have to order any flyers. We're just going to have some on fire for God people and say, hey, I've got the words inside of me. Jesus told them, don't, don't worry about what you're going to say when you get in front of them. I'm going to give you the words and I've got the experience. I've got the encounter. I know what God has done. I know what God has changed. And that's all I have to communicate. I might not know the Bible front, back, side to side, up and down, left and right, Greek, Hebrew, Webster's, and everybody. I leave that to Bishop. But I know what I know. And I know that it was the blood that saved me. 
I know that one day I had no peace. But when I stepped into the presence of the Lord, I heard them singing, victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battle, there was one day I went down in the waters of baptism. And when that name of Jesus was called over me, everything changed. Everything changed. You know, I've heard of people that when they got baptized, they left out of there and went back and did some of the same stuff that they were messed up doing. He said, well, I guess they didn't get it again. I guess they didn't get it right. Maybe we need to go put them back in the water and hold them down there for a little while. I've heard of some people talking about they, they got baptized and they saw a bright light and whatever. I don't, I don't know about that experience. I'm not going to refute that and all that. The bright light might have been, you know, light shining down from the ceiling and you know they might have just thought it was something reflecting off the water i don't know maybe they were under there too long i don't know but i will say when you're baptized in jesus receive the holy ghost you started a process that's not like any other you started a journey that's not like any other and guess what brother brown just like it takes that foot to heal the process and I'm sure you would like the microwave process where pop it in for 30 seconds and you've got your healing and moved on guess what in Jesus Christ when you're walking with him and your life has changed it's not always instantaneous it's a lifelong journey it's a lifelong process and guess what if you stay in the process and hold on to Jesus one day you're going to be in front of somebody else telling them about what he did for you how he set you free and how he made you whole Peter said, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. You see, it's one thing for somebody to get delivered, healed, and set free. It's another thing of how that impacts the world around them. It's not about us just pumping up some numbers and we're not trying to do that. But what we're trying to do is touch lives that will impact other lives. Trying to touch lives and see lives change that will change other lives. Verse 22 said, For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. 40 years old. Above 40 years old. I'm not going to ask for all the 40-year-olds to raise their hand, but 40 years, and he gets touched by God after 40 years. And I know the man, he sat by that pool for about 30 years, and Jesus walked by and touched him with power and healing and restoration. But skipping down to verse 29, it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, when, where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. It's one thing to sing the song, Shake the Foundation with Praise. But it's another thing for that foundation that you're wrong to be shaken. 
by the Holy Ghost. Because it says when that foundation was shaken, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And what happened after that? And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. I love to worship here. I love it. I love, I love tonight. I love singing about the blood. But it's one thing for us to shout and rock this place. It's another thing for that demonstration of power that's resident when we're worshiping the Lord to be revealed outside of here. It might be good. It might be a good church service. It might be good. But what happens when we leave out of here? I don't know what happens, but I know we had a good church service tonight. We sang glory, hallelujah. This is what we've come to do. Tear down strongholds, break the chains, get the train running around the building, jumping and shouting. Brother Brown here twirling, jumping off the platform, running, all that great stuff. We got the music just right, the bass pumping just right, the drums beating just right. Foundation is just shaking. If you're down there in the basement, you might be praying, oh God, keep them up. <laughs> keep them up. But what happens after that? Is there a demonstration of power after that? Yeah, we had a few people get the Holy Ghost, a few people get healed. But is there a demonstration of power outside? Outside of this building? Is there a demonstration of God, of Jesus Christ, of what he called us to do outside of here? Well, you know, if I preach too loudly, I don't know what they'll say about me. If I talk too much about Jesus, you know, they, they might ridicule me. They, they might criticize me. Well, look at the apostles. They got arrested and threatened. They got arrested and threatened. Nobody in here is getting arrested. You might get kicked out of a restaurant for talking too loudly or if you're in the library. But there's nobody getting arrested. And the Lord is looking for somebody that he can demonstrate his power through. So Acts chapter 5, verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 12. And it said, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And some of us read this stuff and say, oh, that was, you know, that, that was for the people that walk with Jesus. I know that happened years ago, but that, that, that kind of stuff can't happen today. Is Jesus real or not? Is the power that we receive real or not? Is that the same power that they received, or, or did we get something else? I guess we, we got the knockoff version. I guess we got that, that version that, that, that they sell on in, in, in New York on the streets for $10. What, what some pay hundreds for, we... We got the knockoff version. This, this thing isn't genuine. This thing doesn't mean anything. I can't do that. I can't just walk up to somebody and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I can't do that. I can't just go lay hands on somebody and expect for them to be healed. That was something back for the apostles. I'm not an apostle. I didn't walk with Jesus. 
Jesus wasn't my schoolmaster. I didn't get my degree for three and a half years. I'm going through the 20-year program, trying to earn my way into the kingdom. I haven't put enough time in this. I've only had the Holy Ghost for 20 or 30 years. I can't do any of that. I'm still studying the Bible. I'm still trying to get the Greek and Hebrew down pat. Guess what? They didn't have a New Testament to refer to. Because the New Testament wasn't written. All they had was the Old Testament. They were the New Testament. They were the New Testament. And if they were the New Testament walking around with Holy Ghost and fire, what are we sitting here today? No, we're just people that he had pity on. He said, they need to be saved. I'm going to endure the cross for them so they can just be saved. But he died so that we could have power. He sent his spirit so that we could have power. They laid them in the streets so people could fall under that shadow. There came also multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, them which were vexed with unclean spirits. They were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is of the which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. They got arrested and put in prison for doing the work of the Lord. And here we sit comfortably. I don't want them to ridicule me for believing in Jesus. One God, one name, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, Holy Ghost, and fire shut up in my bones. Holy rollers rolling around the carpet, jumping up. As long as I can stay in the building, I'm all right. As long as I can stay hidden, I'm all right. But the Lord is saying, can I find somebody that is willing to get out of here and to demonstrate who I am and the power that I've given? But they got arrested and thrown into prison. But if we can flip back for just a moment to Acts chapter 16. Verse 14, it says, afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at me and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not, not them which seen him after he was risen. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink, any deadly thing it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. No, that was just a command for the apostles. That was just for them. Or is that for me also? Jesus said before he ascended, he said, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. The Bible says that heaven is his throne, the earth. It's his footstool. So if the head is in heaven and he's got power in heaven and in earth, the earth is his footstool. And if he is now ascended to heaven, who's got the power here on earth? Who's got the power here on earth? And then so since he said all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, and 
You shall receive power, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And if I'm receiving the Spirit of God resident on the inside of me, who's got all power in the earth? Who's got all power in the earth? I've got power in the earth. I've got all power in the earth. Oh, no, you can't talk like that, Brother Ram. You, 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 you messing with God's glory. No. He's looking for somebody that believes his word and that believes what's on the inside and believes what he's willing to do through them. I've got power on the earth. I do. Oh, boy, I think we just struck a nerve. Here, here we go. I've got power in the earth. Well, I don't have the job I have, and I don't have all the things in this earth that I want, and I've been praying. We've been praying. We've been sowing. Lord, I'm crying. Send the rain. There ain't no rain falling. I don't feel like I have power. Good, because he works through you. He works through me. My confidence is not in my flesh, but my confidence is in him. Oh, boy. My confidence is in him. You see, I think part of the problem is, is if we begin professing, yeah, I've got the power, that means I need to walk around like I've got the power. But see, my, my, my hang-up is if I go and pray for somebody and nothing happens, then I'm going to look like a fool and a failure. Look, here's what I'm hanging my hat on. The blind man showed up. Jesus touched his eyes. He asked him, how do you see? He said, I see as men. I see men as trees walking. So you know what Jesus did? He touched him again. Well, I prayed for them and nothing happened. Look, Jesus touched the man twice. Pray for him again. Reach out and touch them again. You see, our failures are, are the things that hang us up. The things that we perceive as our failures are what hang us up. Well, I didn't pray all the hours I needed to pray, and I haven't read my Bible, and I know that's why they didn't get touched and changed, because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So now it becomes a performance thing. It becomes based on performance. I didn't memorize 10 verses today, so I can't do it. I didn't do all that God asked me to do. If the power is resident on the inside of you, that power is wanting to come out. And the only one that can control that power is you and me. But it says, believers were added. High priest rose up, Sadducees, they arrested them, put them in prison, Acts 5.19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught but the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel sent to the prison to have them brought but when the officers came 
and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. When they got set free, that wasn't for them to go run and hide in a building somewhere. When they got free, they said, hey, go back and teach. Go back and preach because you've got something, first and foremost, that doesn't belong to you and you alone. But you've got something to give to somebody. And don't hoard it for yourself, but go and give that out. Angel of the Lord came and set them free. Verse 26, then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence. For they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. When they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in his name? Behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Praise God. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. I want his blood upon me, not in judgment, but in covering. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had a reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. He said, just have them step out of the room. And said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves that ye, what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Theudas, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who were slain. And all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, drew away much people after him. He also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you can't stop this train. If this work is of God, I don't care what you bring against it. You can't stop this train. If this is truly God, if this is the one that died on the cross, I don't care what you do. There is no man. There is no woman. There is no beast. There is no act. There is no adversary. There is no word that can stop what God will do. There is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. What shall separate us from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, no trial, no tribulation, no sword. I don't care what you bring in my life. You can't stop me from preaching the word of God. 
I don't care what law gets passed in this world. You're not going to stop the work of God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you speak. You're not going to stop the gospel from being preached. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. There is no... Guess what? This train is not going to get derailed. This train isn't going to get detached. I don't care what you try to do. I don't care who you try to set up. Guess what? I don't care who you try to kill. You can't stop the work of God. Can I say this now? If you choose not to preach the gospel, you're not going to stop the good news being spread. If you choose not to preach it, if you choose not because he's going to find somebody... So why not let that somebody be you? Why not let that somebody be you? Lord, I'll preach it. I'll preach it. I don't care what anybody else does. God, here I am. I'll preach it. He said, if this is of God, if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest happily ye be found, even to fight against God. You see, because anybody that stands against you, they're not fighting you because you got somebody standing behind you. He said, I got his back. You want to mess with him? I've got his back. You want to stand against him? I've got his back. I've heard this over the years. I've heard this over the years and people testify and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side. I don't find that in the Bible. I've got a problem with that. Because Joshua asked the angel, are you for them or for us? He said, I'm for the Lord. So guess what? If you're not on the Lord's side, guess what? He's not on your side. It's not about the Lord being on my side. He's got his own side. The question is, are you on his side? But you know what? When I'm on his side, there's nothing that can withstand the work that he desires to do in my life and through my life. Well, I'm facing storms and I'm facing trials. Awesome. I know the God that can give peace in the storm. I know the God that said, uh, you shall have tribulation in this world, but be of good cheer. Guess what? I've overcome the whole thing. I'm above the whole thing. The God that's got power in heaven and in earth. Go to the next verse. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Let them go. Some of us would just go, I got beat up for Jesus. <laughs> Where's my badge of honor? See, I got my looking blue. I got beat right there. Got a scar now. You should go get beaten for Jesus. Your turn. You get out there. And they're not getting me again. I'm just going to teach a Bible study here on the side. I'm not standing in front, of the, in front of the council and preaching the word of God. Go to the next verse. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Next. And daily in the temple. <laughs> daily in the temple. 
He said, guess what? What God is going to do and what God is doing, you can't stop it. I don't care if you threaten us. I don't care if you beat us. I don't care if you threaten to take my life. You can't stop it. So you know what? I'm going on Monday. I'm going on Tuesday. I'm going on Wednesday. I'm going on Thursday. I'm not waiting for a prayer meeting. I'm not waiting for outreach. I'm not waiting for my scheduled Bible study. But every day... And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Well, there's only one pulpit. There's only one person that can preach. I don't have a preaching point. I don't have my license. You know what preaching simply is? It's to proclaim, broadcast. Well, I might get tongue-tied. I don't care what the Lord is going to have to do you like he did Moses. I'll tell you what. He told him to put his hand inside his cloak and take it out, and he had leprosy. That would be it for me. That's it. I mean, furthermore, you're talking to a burning bush. You got a burning bush. Ignite it. What more do you need? Like, look, Lord, that, look, I'm good. And in this world of special effects, I guess for us that, I, you know, you would think, okay, that's a neat trick. I'm sorry. I'm good. But he put his hand in there and pulled it out on leprosy. If the Lord told me to put my hand in there, I'll say, you know what, God? I'll go. I'll go. Because my fear would be, <laughs> hey, I keep that leprosy. That leprosy wouldn't be gone. He might say, put your hand in there and pull it out. And I got leprosy. And I'm waiting for him to say, put it back in. <laughs> and that word doesn't come. Then he told him, take his rod, throw it down there on the ground, it becomes a snake. All right, God, you got it. I'm good. He said, pick it up. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Look, God, that, that's good. I just go cut me down another one and shine that one up. I, I, I don't need part two. Well, Lord, I've got all the reasons why I can't. That's fine. The Lord can, you know, do whatever. You got Gideon, he said, you know, prove it to me. He had, a, he, he had an angel show up and burn up the food on the, on, on the rock. That's good enough for me. But he said, no, that's not good enough. Lord, show me, give me a sign. When I wake up in the morning, I forget which order it came in, but one morning the fleece is dry, the ground is wet, and vice versa. There's been times I've prayed that. Something similar to that, like, Lord, if this is really you. Here you go. Do this, Lord, and do that. I wake up in the morning. Nothing. Like, look, God, you, you, you're no respecter of persons. You, you did it for Gideon. You did it for Moses. Hello, New Testament. Nothing. Not a thing. Why? Because he's looking for somebody that's willing to trust him. Somebody that's willing to trust his word. Somebody that's willing to believe in him. And that can walk around in the power and demonstration of what he will do in the earth today. Some of us try, and I said it, some of us try to, you know, earn merit and credit with God. I got to pray my five hours today. I got to fast ten meals, including all my snacks and all that. Yes, you should fast. Go hang out with Daniel a little while and fast his way and you'll be richly blessed. Or at least you'll be healthy. 
But it's not, it's not performance-based. It's already on the inside of you. Question is, is can you let that, that power work through you? Can you let it work through you? And guess what? If you don't do it, he's going to find somebody that's willing to activate that power, let that power work, and let that power flow through them. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I had an example of somebody who needed something tonight. Mmm. Mmm. My God, my God. They continued daily in the temple and in every house. They ceased not to preach, not to teach and preach Jesus. I'm going to read one more scripture. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. There we go. I can't turn fast enough. I used to be good at that. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Praise God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Yes. I'm sitting fat, dumb, and happy because I'm called. Next. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Next. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called. Whom he called them, he also justified. Whom he justified them, he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? Next. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who? shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? For as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded I'm persuaded, fully convinced. You can't tell me otherwise that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in me. I've got the power resident on the inside of me. And you know what happens when that power can't come out? And I know some of you have been there. It's kind of like you. Anybody ever been in one of those church services and they, got, they call somebody up that needs prayer, needs a touch? And they say, I need somebody with faith. And you're like, man, you know what? I could probably go ahead and pray for them. And bang, just like that. I could do that. And 
Somebody gets up to go pray for them. The Lord touches them, ministers and all that. And they call somebody else up. And you're sitting in your seat. And you're like, man, you know what? I should get up. But, you know, people might think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably cocky or arrogant or something like that. But, but what if it doesn't happen the way it happened for them before? And I, I, I don't know. So we sit there. And, you know, somebody else gets touched. And they call somebody else up there. And they get touched and healed and delivered. And it's like, man, I, I should be up there. I'm saying this because I've gone through these gymnastics and jumped through these hoops. So if you haven't done that, God bless you. You're farther advanced than I am. You sit there and you're saying, I know I've got power on the inside of me. But I perceive by your silence. Some of this applies to some of you. Brother Brown, how you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, you got the boot on. Take the boot off. How you feeling? Come help me out, Brother Brown. How do you feel without the boot? On top of the world, you can just run a marathon. Yeah, not quite. He's he going to take 10 laps without this boot on. Anybody in here believe that God is able to heal him? Oh, hallelujah. I believe God is able to heal him. He said I, he can do seating abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Look, the, the, the man was laying there. Peter said... I don't have any money. I don't have anything in this world to offer you. I don't have a home. I don't have clothes and, you know, silver and gold that could buy all this stuff. I don't have that. But what I've got, I'm going to give to you. Well, see, some of us will, you know, that will help other people out because we, some of us got money in the bank. Wave at me if you got some money in the bank. Okay, good. See me at the service. I take cash. And don't tell me you don't have cash because I know you got a piece of plastic in your pocket. You got ATMs all up and down the street. We go find one, pull it out, and there we go. The, the, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. He didn't say anything about giving in the offering. He just said a cheerful giver. Who else waved at me? I thought I saw one of these children waving at me. Your parents got money. It, oh, Adrian. Yes, I know where you fellowship. <laughs> But I believe that Jesus Christ is able to do absolutely anything. I remember I was, I might have been 13 or 14, and I was part of a bus ministry working in Annapolis. And showed, I was springtime, I believe, and I was having allergy problems and all that. And it was terrible. You know, I'd get to church before everybody else did, and I'd go up to the front and give me a stack of tissues. When I got there early, or maybe parents got there early, but I made sure I made a beeline up there so nobody saw the stack of tissues I got because I needed them for that service because my nose would just run. And I, I would do that service after service. And one day, one of the brothers who was overseeing that bus ministry, he came, sat behind me, and we were talking. And he's just talking. After about 10, 15, 20 minutes, he says, I was sitting over here to pray for you. But he was trying to work up the nerve to pray for me. And, five, and, and this is about 5 o'clock before the service started at 6, and we're talking. I've got my siblings on the road with me, and everybody's talking. And he said, oh, so I'm supposed to pray for you. 
I said, okay. I, I knew he was over there for a reason other than just to talk, making small talk. I'm not about, just, just come on, let's talk. And finally, he just reached up behind me, put his hand on my forehead, and then literally in that moment, my nose dried up, and I didn't have not one more allergy problem after that. The fun, awesome thing about it was, this wasn't some special altar call or anything like that. The man was just sent over there with a word to pray for me. And the thing, and he didn't know what he was praying for. He didn't say, I was praying for your allergies or anything. I was just sent to pray for you. And just like that, that thing dried up. Now, some of y'all look at me, and, and you know, I'm, I'm one of them skeptical types. You know, those, those preachers, evangelists, they talk about, we laid hands on them, and five seconds later, they were speaking in tongues. And my thought in that stuff is, was it really five seconds, or was it more like 55? Because I'm literal. So if you're telling me it was five seconds, I expect five seconds. If I'm going to tell you that it happened in two minutes and 30 seconds, that's for real. If you tell me it happened in 15 seconds, I'm expecting that. I don't want to hear from that person, yeah, I was tearing. I was up there for 15 minutes and the Lord finally, you know. But I'm telling you, instantly, instantly it, it, it happened. And I believe that God could instantly. Right, right, right now. Right now do this. I believe that he can. How's he going to do it? He's not going to descend down from the heavens with a shout. See, in the Old Testament, he, he, he filled the temple with the cloud, with his glory and all that. He's already here, he, but he's not going to come fill this place with, uh, with a cloud and do this. Guess what? He's looking for somebody with some faith. And you know what I could easily do? I could easily step up and say, yes, I got it. Pray for him, lay hands on him. He's healed. I call Elder Valley down here. Elder Valley's full of faith. Elder Valley see people touched, healed, delivered, and all that. He can just do it, and it's done. But the Lord is wanting to demonstrate, not 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 from the preacher. So I'm gonna. Set the stage right now. You know how the, the angel of the Lord descended at a certain time of year and troubled the water? Well, guess what? The water's troubled. He's not jumping in. The question is, who's going to take Jesus' place and come and lay hands on him? In the name of Jesus, just speak to it. Just speak to it. In the name of Jesus. 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 Wholeness, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Now let's begin to thank the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. for him. If you prayed for him, just, just walk up to the front. If you laid a hand on him, just walk up to the front here. You ready? Hold on. Pay attention. Not a minister license. Not a licensed minister. Not a licensed minister. Doesn't have a doctor degree. Not a licensed minister. None of these people here are the preacher, pastor, elder, or otherwise. And, and, and purposefully, 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 I did not pray or give any direction on how to pray for him. Purposefully. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not about the pastor. It's not about any of that. But each and every one of us have got the power of Jesus Christ resident on the inside waiting to come out in demonstration. Now let me tell you this. What would have happened? What would have happened if he took the boot off and went to put pressure on that foot and fell over in pain? What would have happened? You pray again. Oh, I must not have the power. Somebody else go pray. I don't have the power. No, you've got it. You might just have to pray a second time. You might just have to pray a third time. But believe that God can do it. Anybody else got a physical problem? Anybody else got a physical problem? 
I'll tell you this, if I, if I asked if, if I asked if anybody needed a million bucks, y'all wouldn't just wave at me. If I had a million dollars in my hand, y'all wouldn't just wave and say, I need it. Some of y'all would come right through this podium right here and tackle me. Some of y'all would fight me for the money that's mine. Anybody need a physical touch from the Lord right now? If you're not up here for a physical touch, are you up here, Maurice? Or just back up a half step for me there. We got a prayer warrior up here. Anybody else? Going once or twice. You know, if I needed something from God, I, I, so it's, just, it's just a little headache. Okay, well, you walk home with your headache. I'm going walking home home. I just, I, I just stubbed my toe a little bit. It's, it's all right. The, the doctor will figure it out tomorrow. I, I'm good. All right. Well, I know the great physician. And I told him this morning, I, I don't like going to doctors. I feel like every time I leave out of there, I leave out more pain than when I went in. I stay away from doctors. I gave it about three, four, five, 20 days before I go see him. Will this thing pass before? All right, I'm like, all right, God, you, you, you've got the power. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel it. Anybody else? Now, I'm noticing that I've got all females up here and I told him this morning I, I learned how to play sports through Charlie horses and cramps I learned how to just you know fight through the pain and all that well, if you're a macho man and you've got pain in your body I just I just I just press my way through well you go ahead and press your way through you press your way onto that hospital bed too let the Lord sit you down for a season I'm not saying that there's any man in here sick but just in case You've got something going on. I mean, I know we prayed for one and he got healed, delivered, and set free. But mm, just, just putting it out there, just making sure, cover all bases. Going once, twice. So, okay. Okay. This is really astonishing. All right, y'all, don't show up to church Thursday talking about you in pain. Tell Pastor not to pray for you. You had your chance Sunday night. Just had a little fun. Oh, Sister Diggs. Jesus told one man, he said, only have faith. I believe it was that man that said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Just have faith. Hold on to that little bit of faith. Now I want to do like Jesus did when he went to heal that little girl laying in that house that they said was dead. He said, she's just sleeping. And you know what they did? They 
laughed at him. So you know what he did? He kicked out everybody that didn't have faith. If any of you have doubt, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. If any of you have doubt, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. You can go home and get you a snack, catch you the Sunday night game or whatever. I believe God is about to do something awesome and powerful here right now. Sister Diggs, you believe? You got any apprehension or doubt? You got any apprehension or doubt of working in there? Do you have any apprehension or doubt or questioning? Okay. Is, does, does anybody up here have any question or doubt? Okay. All right. So here's what I want to do. I'm almost tempted to handpick some people to come on up here and pray. Well, here's, here's, here's what we're going to do. Destiny, are you up here? You are? Y'all need to spread out just a little bit. Maybe one take a step forward, take a step back. Otherwise, some of y'all might start shouting here. I don't know how to want anybody to get knocked out. And we got another miracle that we're going to need. All right, I need somebody to come pray with Sister Destiny here on the side. Oh, hold on, just just stand. You you gonna pray for this stand now? Christian's ready. Christian said, "I've been waiting for this." He, he got you know hand hand ready. Draw. I'm from the west. I got it. I got the silver bullet in there. Just give me the word. I need somebody to come pray with Sister Brown over here. Y'all don't come all shy and sheep. Because if you got it, you got it. Come on around to the front now. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna sneak attack anybody and pray for them. We're just gonna do a boldness. I hope I'm not showing my age or anything, but I'm sitting here drawing a blank right now. <laughs> Monique, <laughs> I need somebody to come pray with Sister Monique. I need somebody with faith. Sister Jimenez, I need somebody to come pray with her. I need somebody to come pray with Sister Troy. I need somebody to come pray with Nayana. My man. He said, I don't care how small I am. <laughs> I've got the power on the inside. Yes, sir. Y'all hurt me. I need somebody to come and pray for Sister Yabor. All right, really, I, I was hoping that as people see me lining people up, they would just come and stand in front of somebody because they got faith that they're going to be healed. Hallelujah. Hannah, do you believe that your mother can be healed? you believe God can heal her? coming down to pray with her too? 
Okay. Anybody else have faith? You want to just kind of come join in the circle here and, and kind of connect? Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, come on. If you got faith, bring it on up here. We need all the faith we can get. You see, I don't, I don't want fear to come creeping up through the back. I want fear to show up behind faith and can't find a way into anybody's head. Hallelujah. 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 See, is it Sierra? Why would you come up here? I want you to stand right here. You guys are going to pray for her right there. You two are going to pray. You're going to touch and agree and believe. Mmm. See, I'm not worried about what won't happen. You know, if you, what they tell us in basketball, if you're shooting the ball, you keep telling yourself, don't shoot an air ball. Don't miss the shot. Don't miss, don't miss, don't, don't. You know what you end up doing? You end up doing what you're telling yourself not to do because you're so focused on that. Don't miss to the right. Don't miss to the right. Don't miss to the right. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to miss to the right. But what you do is you, you, you find that target. I want to hit the back of the rim. Hit the back of the rim. Hit the back of the rim. And every time you toss it, you're going to hit the back. Don't sit up here and say, well, if God doesn't do it, if God doesn't do it, if God doesn't do it, if God doesn't do it. No, God's going to. God's going to. God's going to. God's going to. Victory shall be mine. Healing shall be mine. Deliverance shall be mine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. So excited so excited and once it happens for you I just want you to begin to rejoice in the Lord some of you it, it might be an internal thing you might not see might not know right away but if, if you believe that it has happened at that moment I want you to begin to rejoice in God as if this was a physical manifestation of what God had done then after that then you go check it out and confirm it you don't walk in there with fear and doubt Say, God, you did it. I believe it. October is today, the 8th, at about 8 something in the evening. God, you did it standing. Look, make sure you mark your spot so you can tell you can tell them, I can take you to the spot where God did it. Two paces down, down to the altar and one pace to the right. That's exactly where God did it. Hallelujah. For all of you that are gathered around, I want one person, whoever's standing in front, I want you to lay your hand on their head begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ and if you're being prayed for you lift your hands up and begin to receive it in the name of Jesus Christ Hannah 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 in the name of Jesus put your hand on her in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ Find out. I find fear. I curse fear. I silence every word of power. I silence unbelief. I lose faith right now. I lose the demonstration of the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Now let me say this. Luke chapter 17, verse 14. This is where the ten lepers came to Jesus, and he said, We saw them, said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. I don't know all that's happened here, but they were instructed to go to the priest. If some of you have a condition or whatever that's not readily known, and the only way to know the, the full result is to go to the doctor. Go show yourself to the doctor. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. It said, and one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Fell down at his face, at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And I believe that as he left and departed Jesus, not only did he receive a cleansing, but his faith made him whole. Some of you, you've received a touch tonight. But as you leave out of here, your faith is going to make you whole. Some of you have experienced a complete, total healing. But for some of you, the Lord is going to just make you whole. Whatever is going on, the Lord is going to, Sister Dix, I believe the Lord is going to make you whole. I believe he's touched. But I believe that as you go on, the Lord is going to make you whole. And all of this here is awesome, what God has done. And we give God glory and praise and honor about it. But all this was just a setup. All of this was just a setup. That's the Lord demonstrating to you that if I am God Almighty and if I did it 2,000 years ago and I did something here tonight, that means that when you walk out and get in your cars and go home and go on your job and you're out in the streets, guess what? I'm the same God. I'm the same God. And that parable in the Bible, he told him, he said, go into the byways and hedges and all that and invite them to come. Well, I, I, I tell you, I challenge you, go out into the byways, go find somebody that needs the demonstration of God and the power of God in their lives. And say, hey, guess what? Find out about this God. On Sunday night, he began to heal people. And we may not be in the church building, but guess what? He's the same God standing right here and right here in just a moment. We didn't have an all-night prayer meeting here. We didn't have an all-night prayer meeting. The Lord can touch just like that. You don't have to work it all up. He's got all the power. And just like that, he can touch and he can work. Well, we danced and shouted and worshiped and did all that stuff. And I got good and warmed up. Well, guess what? You better get up 4 or 5 o'clock, whatever you got to do every day. Get yourself good and warmed up. Have a good Holy Ghost shout time with Jesus so that when you hit the streets, the power of God is resident on the inside. And when it happens, don't be amazed. Don't be shocked. I'm looking to hear about some stuff. I'm looking. I want to know. I'm expecting to hear about something. I don't want to wait to get in the church to find out something happened in the church. I want to know that Jesus is.
is alive and well out here in these streets. And he's just looking for somebody that he can work through. Now we could easily stand here and jump and shout about all that God has done here in this life. We could easily do that. But can we do this? If you believe and you're willing to make yourself available to God for him to work through you, and you believe that he is, I want you to give him a shout of praise for what he's going to do.
Let me have your attention for a minute. We had a precious soul come in somewhere right up the street, middle of the preaching. She came in on a cane. Ho, 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 listen, listen, listen. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, listen, listen, listen. She had been hit by a truck and has been walking with the cane. But she's been taken. She, she got up after they prayed. She said, look what I can do. And there she is right there. She's been taking laps around this place without a cane. you this i know sister Diggs didn't run the laps but this morning she sat most of the service she sat all night this is really the longest i've seen her standing all day She believes I tore a ligament a few weeks ago, so it's been getting worse. Actually, my knee was deviated to the left. As they were standing here praying with me, and swollen, like twice the size as the left. And as they were standing here praying for me, I actually felt my bones moving. And that's why I went to look down, because my knee had after actually shifted inward and I looked down at my knee and it's actually shifted to the right so since I have to get the MRI anyhow I may as well get it so I can come back and show you the proof <laughs> but I haven't been able to do this without pain all day and I'm doing it now so anyway you can't stop this train 
that every day. Every day. Every day. I don't think I have to ask for you to take this home. I was sending Pastor Simpson pictures.